Hello and welcome to Food Systems, a podcast from the Forum for the Future of Agriculture, where we discuss new ideas that can shape a sustainable food system from farm to fork, from policy to consumers, and everything in between. I'm your host, Robert Agraf, and you can find us on Twitter at Forum for Ag. These episodes will be available every other week on all major podcast platforms. Before we get started, we'd like to say a quick thank you to the FFA founding partners, the European Landowners Organization and Syngenta, as well as the FFA strategic partners, Cargill, The Nature Conservancy, Rabobank, Thought for Food, and the World Wildlife Fund. Please enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to Food Systems. In the run-up to the 2021 FFA conference, we are happy to talk with one of our keynote speakers, indeed one of the founders of the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. Eric Feervold is the current Chief Executive Officer of Syngenta and previously held senior positions in the worlds of chemistry, water treatment and agriculture. And in a recent opinion piece on CNBC, he called on the Biden administration to embrace regenerative agriculture. So really one of the foremost leaders in the world of agriculture and sustainability. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on Food Systems. Glad to be here, Robert. Let's dive straight into it. The theme of the FFA 2021 conference in, in March, indeed you are one of our speakers, will be food system renewal. Now, one of the most important ways we can bring this about is to finally get serious about climate change and creating a much more resilient agricultural system. In your view, what what does a modern farm look like 10 years from now? 10 years from now, and I hope even sooner than that, modern farms will be highly technical supported, technology supported to be able to have much higher yields and to be able to capture carbon in the soil. And to do this by using seeds, fertilizer, crop protection products, and farming practices that enable the farmers to have a great crop in regardless of very severe weather extremes, but also be able to be a solution to climate change by capturing carbon in their soil. And they'll do this by using the best tools, both product tools and digital tools, and be able to measure how they're doing with sustainable agriculture, how they're increasing their yields, and how they're capturing carbon in their soils. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that story of technology. So how do we get these new practices and these new technologies in the hands of farmers to accelerate the changes that we we know we need? Well, first, the governments have to put in place the incentives for farmers to do this. And I think the first step needs to be outcome goals around agriculture sustainability. So today, 13% of the EU's greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture. Transportation is 28%, industry is 26%, power is 23%, and buildings are 13%. So if we're going to get at this 13% that is from agriculture, we have to have goals, output outcome goals around reducing that. And so once we have those goals, then we can talk about what are ways to incentivize making that happen. Today, the the farm subsidies are quite substantial. They need to be geared towards supporting sustainable agriculture practices for farmers. And we need a carbon credit system. So as carb as farmers capture carbon in the soil, they are able to sell those credits. And we also need food labeling such that consumers can pick 
sustainably grown foods when they make their decisions to buy foods. That way, the food companies, the retailers, the whole value chain will be incented. And that incentive will go back to the farmers who will get rewarded in, in all three ways for sustainable practices. I want to get back to the question of, of Europe and its, its set of goals in, in a moment. Um, but I wanted to stick with technology for, for now. In, in the, the op-ed piece for CNBC that I talked about in the introduction, you said that this needs to happen in, in the coming years. Now, the IPCC has said that we have a very limited window to get to carbon neutrality. What sort of time frame do you envision for really broadening this access to technology? Yeah. So, so we have a long way to go, particularly in the EU, and it has to start with the, with the government setting outcome goals and people getting behind it. Companies all along the value chain, NGOs, uh, academics, everybody getting behind, finding ways to, to achieve those outcome goals. That hasn't happened yet. So far in the EU Green Deal and the Farm to Fork strategy, um, they have not listed outcome goals. They've listed input goals, but not outcome goals. So that's the first step. The second step is very soon after that, and that can be done very quickly. Soon after that, start to get in place the subsidies that support incentivizing farmers to utilize sustainable farming practices. That includes cover crops, uh, no or low or strip till agriculture, and, and using seeds and, and inputs that get higher yields. The higher yields reduce the amount of land that you need for farming and can stop deforestation and eliminate food waste on the field itself. Well, let's talk about out, outcome goals for, for a second. As you say, um, the, the share in Europe is now 13% of emissions come from, from agriculture. What would you believe is, is possible for outcomes? I mean, you're, Syngenta is an agricultural technology company. What do you believe is feasible? By how much could we reduce at least European emissions? Well, I think by 2030, we should have a goal of at least having that output. So going from 13% to, to uh, less than half of that. So we go from being part of the problem to being part of the solution. And to me, the sooner we set the goals and the more aggressive the goals are, the, the, the quicker the actions will be to achieve them. And so far, I haven't seen any outcome goals for agriculture. I find it interesting. You just mentioned um, the idea of carbon credits and carbon farming. Now, there are some who are quite skeptical about this, who say, well, it's about land management and it's not so easy to, to create a reward system for really measuring how much carbon is in the soil and how to convert that into a financial instrument. What do you see? As, how do you see the future of, of, of carbon farming as a, as a tool, not just for the environment, but also for farmers' profits? First of all, I think it's a great opportunity for farmers and for the whole value chain and for the, for the world. Um, there is so much opportunity to capture carbon, more carbon in the soil. There's already a great amount of carbon in the soil, but a lot of soils have been depleted and a lot of that carbon has been emitted uh, because of, of, of not using regenerative agriculture practices. And, and so there's a great opportunity here. And what has to be put in place is we have to be able to estimate the carbon capture through these practices. So, so we, we understand what a farmer, what practices a farmer uses, and we can verify that through digital tools and then estimate what the carbon capture is through that. 
and then verify that estimation, that algorithm through sampling, statistically driven sampling. And, and from that, be able to determine the carbon credits that that farmer gets, that that farmer can then sell. And, and there's a huge demand for those carbon credits from companies that are that are committing to carbon neutrality that need offsets. So I think it's the perfect opportunity. So I think that's that's a really important element of this. Globally, $700 billion a year in, in subsidies to agriculture. Today, almost none of that is going to encouraging, incentivizing farmers for sustainable agriculture practices. So we don't even have to increase that at all. We just repurpose it to incentivize regenerative agriculture practices. That is a huge opportunity to drive farmers to adopt these practices. This is interesting. You've mentioned it several times now, the term regenerative agriculture. I was wondering, could you define that a bit more? Because it's something that we hear more and more, but we don't seem to always have a clear handle on what it means. Yeah, to, to me, it's it's having healthy soils that lead to healthy plants, that lead to healthy people and a healthy planet. And, and the way to do that is to use the, the, the best product technologies, the best seeds and, and crop protection products, fertilizer technologies, together with the best farming practices. And the farming practices to me include low or no-till or strip agriculture. So you leave the carbon in the soil. That includes using cover crops between crops so that you put more, 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 you protect the soils, but you also put more carbon into the soil. And then higher yields also are, are really important. And, and to help to regenerate the, the, the soils, rotating crops so that the, there are different nutrients that are going into the soils from the different crops. If you do all that, you have high yields. To me, that's regenerative agriculture that can can enrich the soil, can have high yields, and capture carbon from the atmosphere. Let's talk a bit about, you just mentioned it, um, healthy people and, and the healthy planet. Now, there's very often, I, for one, I'm almost bored of hearing it, um, that there will be 10 billion people by 2050, and we need to increase food production quite substantially to give them all something to eat. However, there are many more voices, increasingly more voices, who say that the answer isn't produce more, but rather we must shift our diets away, especially from meat consumption, and to put a significant stop to, to food waste. Isn't this a better way of doing things than, than seeking to increasing productivity and, and add more or inputs to the world, however smart or sustainable they are? Well, there is an increasing population and, and, and as, as the poor people on the planet are able to afford it, and we have to help them do that, uh, there's a need to, to, to have more protein in, in many people's diets across the world. So we need, to, we need to make sure that everybody in the world has enough healthy nutrition. At the same time, I completely agree with the idea is let's, let's reduce food waste. Absolutely a big opportunity through the whole value chain. And for Syngenta, Let's start with the farm <laughs> and we can reduce food waste on the farm by increasing yields. Today, we still have a lot of opportunity. We, we've dramatically increased yields in recent years. We have much more opportunity to increase yields. And as we increase yields, we reduce the amount of waste on that farm and we reduce the amount of farmland needed to, to feed the world. And thereby, we can stop deforestation and even reforest certain parts of the world. So I'm absolutely for reducing food waste. 
I believe that uh, not only will people eat more plant-based proteins, and I think that's a great thing, and we're, we're breeding products, we're breeding seeds to enhance the taste of plant-based protein products. I think that's a great thing. But I also think for many, many years to come, there will still be people eating meat. And to, do, to, to make the meat value chain more sustainable is also a priority and an opportunity, I think, a tremendous opportunity. For example, we have a corn product called Enogen, which we've bred to have, have a, an enzyme in it that it makes its own enzyme that allows the animals to, to digest it better. And therefore, it increases the, the amount of weight an animal gains for, per unit of corn by 5%. And it also reduces the amount of methane that the animal produces, which is a very, you know, as you know, a, a bad greenhouse gas. So that's just one example of, of ways to make the meat value chain more sustainable, but also to enhance the plant-based protein value chains and reduce the amount of food waste on the, on, on the farms, but then also through the whole value chain. I think if we do those things, it's going to accelerate agriculture and the food system being a big part of the solution to climate change. I, I would certainly agree that technology has a large role to play, but unfortunately, uh, we are currently both speaking from Europe. Um, what we've seen certainly over the last two decades, if not longer by now, is that we've often run into resistance to fundamental change in the agricultural sector, often from a general public who right or wrong, have an idea of what uh, their local or their national farm should look like. So how do we get people to embrace this idea of, of change in the food system? How do we bring them along on this journey? It's a great question. And I think you start by having outcome-based goals. So I think many of us, perhaps all of us at the FFA conference agree that climate change is an existential threat to the world, to the planet, that we have to deal with this. We have to deal with it now. We can't wait 10 years or 20 years. We have to get going now. So if we, if we agree with that, and then we agree that we're going to work hard to make sure that agriculture is part of the solution, then we have to look at all practices, <laughs> farming practices, products, products, and make sure that farmers are using safe products, safe for for the farmers, for the consumers, and products that, that help achieve these goals and practices that help achieve these goals. And I'll give you an example. So Impossible Foods, the founder of Impossible Foods, Pat Brown, is very committed to Impossible Foods being part of the solution to climate change. So he, he, he's dedicated his life and his company's purpose is to help plant-based solutions be part of the solution to climate change. So he looked very objectively. He's, he's a scientist. He has leading scientists on his, in his company. He has um, investors that are very committed to, to, to sustainability. And, and he has a lot of fans that are very committed to sustainability. Well, if you read some of his articles, he has looked at, 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 at the whole situation and what is the best for the planet and for consumers. And he has concluded that smart use of safe, regulated technologies that enable lower no-till and higher yields not only produces great products that are safe and, and nutritious, but also helps protect the environment, helps 
capture carbon in the soil, helps reduce the amount of land needed for, for agriculture, and does the kind of things that we're talking about. So my view is set outcome goals and let entrepreneurs, scientists that care greatly about the planet, help us, help guide us on what are the right technologies, what are the right practices, and, 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 and regulators play their role. We, we need science-based uh, regulate regulatory processes, very strict regulatory process that ensure safety. But 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 with with that kind of drive, with 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 entrepreneurs helping to to make these things happen, I believe that the trust in the system will improve, and that we'll be able to use the right set of practices and product technologies to solve this thing. But if if we if 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 consumers understand that products like Impossible Foods are significantly better for the world. They they will open their eyes to to what 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 are the real facts here and what are the myths, and I believe that the facts will prove that that we 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 have the capabilities to solve this thing. We just need to act, and we need to act together across the whole value chain. That's certainly something I, I agree with, and that's something we talk a lot about this podcast. But I do want to briefly come back to this. This question of of bringing the public along. I mean, you you say we need smart use of of safe technology. I completely agree with you. Um, However, your definition and my definition of what is a safe and useful technology may not always align with the the broader general public. Uh, In last year, Eurobarometer produced a new survey where the public still ranks uh, crop crop protection residues as their second highest ranking concern when it comes to to food. So I was wondering how you believe we should... uh, Impossible Foods is is great, but I was wondering how it's more in terms of the day-to-day food, how we get people along on on this journey that, that we that I agree we need in terms of climate change in the environment. We need we need credible smart people that 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 have looked at this deeply. People like Bill Gates <laughs> that take a, they take a hard look at this and 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 come out with an explanations about the situation. So that that's one about the safety of the current products. The second thing we need to do is yeah, we, 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 we keep reducing the amount of pesticides, the volume of pesticides. In the last 60 years, in my lifetime, the amount of pesticides used per hectare has gone down 95%. That's because our research keeps coming out with better and better crop protection products. Now, we'll keep doing that, but as you know, we're very committed to biologicals as a complementary approach to, 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 to protecting plant health. And, and, and we're doing that, plus use of digital tools to, to, to see where the issues are and, and target the spraying versus general spraying. And by doing that, we'll continue to drive down dramatically the amount of pesticides used, but we'll also you know, continue to, to reduce, even though they're safe levels today, continue to tr- reduce towards zero the residue levels. So what, what, what the products are safe today, but we're going to keep making them even more and more appealing to the public. We're coming up on the end of the podcast, and I want to ask you the final question, which is the same that we ask of everybody who comes on this podcast, which is if you could give one idea or one policy suggestion to really make a more sustainable food system, what would it be? We can prove today carbon neutral farming with the right set of of product technologies and the right farming practices.
It has been proven. So my, my appeal is let's describe that and have that communicated to the public so that they can see that farming can be part of the solution using the right products and the right farming practices. When the public starts to see that we've got this massive existential threat of climate change, and here is a part of the solution, an important part of the solution, and by the way, we can do it in a way that assures food security in any, any weather extreme climate change scenario, then I think we'll start to open eyes. Okay, we, we, if we can do that, can we do it safely? And then we can have a, 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 an open, transparent conversation about that with scientists that care about the world and about food, about food safety, about pe people's health. And I think if we do that, then we can get the energy around, okay, how do we work together? How do we work across the value chain with farmers, input providers, grain companies, food companies, food retailers, NGOs, governments, how do we all come together to achieve very aggressive outcome goals and preserve this planet for future generations? Because we're not doing it yet. And, and the capabilities in agriculture are there, but we need to step up together to make that happen. Uh, I think that's a wonderful note to leave it on. Eric Veerwald, uh, Chief Exec Executive Officer of Syngenta. Thank you so much for joining Food Systems today. And I look forward to seeing you on stage at FFA 2021. Thank you, Robert. See you there. You've been listening to an episode of Food Systems, a podcast brought to you by the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. Look for us in two weeks when we release our new episode. And in the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app as well as on Twitter, at ForumFag for updates on this podcast, news, as well as FFA events. Please check out our website, www.forumforagriculture.com, for more great content. Thank you for listening and enjoy your day.